Well, we're back again, Todd, and I enjoyed you talking about the, your your times in in Cincinnati and the uh, in seminary, and also looking forward to though you you were saying that that really what helped you get through that time was the help of the students and and that. Well, thanks, Rob. Um, I appreciate uh, again this opportunity to uh, to work with you on this project and. Uh, um, I, I, uh, I do have a few things I want to say about students, and I'll, let's go back to seminary. Without students, I, don't, I know I could never have gotten through that program, right? Because in 1982, there was no online programs. Uh, the mortuary school had one gigantic computer that didn't work. We had to count. We had to count spaces of, you know, a period. Well, we don't need the period, don't need the hyphen uh, because they were so cumbersome and slow. Uh, so the students, so I had an instant babysitting service um, and it made all the difference in the world. I suspect today there would be raised eyebrows of students working um, uh, for a professor uh, babysitting a son, um, but nothing was said back then because I think I think the staff was was, was well aware that I was up against it, that uh, that I was trying to reinvent myself and uh, re-innovate our lives uh, almost from scratch. <clears throat> and so the students, and, and there were particular students that shone like beacons. Um, now, not all of the students were helping with that, and, and I didn't expect that. But every year, there were certain students, um, and what I found was They'd come out to babysit while I was in school. Then I'd come home, and the and the blessing of that was the conversations that we would have together after I got back from class. It wasn't just the babysitting thing. It was listening to their hopes and dreams. And I, I have found in my work with students <clears throat> that one asset that I know that I have is that I never have forgotten how I felt about my own hopes and dreams of becoming a funeral director. And I've always had a good ability to affirm the correctness of their decision to do this, which is, I think, I didn't do this by design. I did it out of my heart because choosing funeral service as a career is a good decision. Now, the, the problem with that is twofold. Uh, number one, many times these students' most close relatives and friends don't agree with that decision. They think it's creepy. They think that it's morbid. They think that it's... Uh, a mistake, that uh, they'll grow out of it, uh, that they've lost their, they have temporary insanity. Um, so 
the, and, and then the second millstone that students run into is within our own profession. Not, not the family and not the friends, it's within, within our world, the negativity, the negative of some funeral directors. Oh, you don't want to do that. Let me tell you about what it's like to be a funeral director. You don't have it to, you don't have the, uh, the courage to do, and, and, and actually, uh, the, the misogyny in funeral service at one time was so critically, uh, it was, it was concerning to all of us because they wouldn't hire women. Um, some of their chauvinistic, uh, attitudes toward it, they'd start out the interview was, well, can you lift? I had one, I had one funeral director. I took this woman a female student to an interview and the funeral director is in a wheelchair. The funeral director has every conceivable illness that God's ever invented. And he, they roll him into the office and he, and he sits there in the wheelchair. I felt bad for him. He's in a wheelchair. He was really a decent guy, but the first thing out of his mouth was, can you lift? And I looked at him and I said, hell, Paul, you can't lift. Right? What, 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 what the hell are you talking about? You can't lift nothing, right? And, and so this, I don't know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I had a funeral director look at me when I said, oh, I, you know, I want to be a funeral director when I grow up. And his response, he looked at me and he goes, well, you're nothing but a damn fool. So the question is, why does the negativity come out of our own profession. <clears throat> I can understand parents and relatives and friends looking at it and going, oh my God, are you sure you, I can understand that because death denial and death anxiety is in abundance in the United, in our culture. It's in abundance. I can understand that. <clears throat> but when it comes from within our own ranks, my patience absolutely evaporates because in a real sense, students, in fact, you can see it here at the mortuary school. They come in, some of them, of course, are uh, boisterous and <clears throat> some of them uh, are uh, very insecure. Uh, some of them want to be the corpse at the wedding and the bride, the, the bride at the wedding and the corpse at the funeral. Uh, but then you have those that are very bashful, very timid, um, and and they scared as scared as a rabbit. And you stand up and look at the students and say, "This is the best decision you're ever going to make in your life. This is a great profession." And it's like the clouds just lift, and they. I can I I say this about students. Affirming a student concerning their hopes and dreams is part of the job of being a good funeral director. And, and this is my opinion now, not all your listeners will agree with this, particularly the ones that like to put students down. Or the worst is, 
uh, go to the mortuary schools. They, they just get through it. They, they teach you nothing. Yes, I'll go with you that some of what we teach isn't relevant, but some of the stuff they teach in medical school is not relevant. Certainly some of the stuff I got taught in seminary was not relevant. Some of the dental programs are not relevant. So, you know, you don't have to be pregnant to be a great obstetrician, right? So not everything has to be relevant. But to have this negativity, and I'm spending time on this, because I have to say, I see it frequently. I've always seen it frequently out in our profession. And I have my own private theories of where this negativity comes from. And I'll not share that publicly because I don't want to unduly offend anyone. But it's there. There's nothing that works better in life than a firm belief in what you're doing. And a firm belief that no matter how bad it gets, that this is the mission. That's what I think makes a great clergy person. I think is what makes a great physician. You know, not all physicians are the same and not all clergy people are the same and not all funeral directors are the same. And I, I would say to anybody who's a student listening to this, recognize the negativity for what it is, right? It's a bundle of insecurities. It's a bundle of burnout. It's a bundle of bad attitudes. Recognize it for what it is. But that does not mean that you have made a poor decision uh, to become a funeral director. I've actually seen miracles happen with students over my career. And it's been, in fact, for me, the great joy of teaching is my interactions with the students. It's been, been quite a um, uh, interesting journey, Rob. And that's my thoughts on students. Well, Todd, it's great to hear that some students there that were able to, to help you out. And I'm sure both you and them got the benefit of those conversations, just like I've been the benefactor of many of our conversations. So where uh, where's your journey going to take us next? Well, from Cincinnati, um, I got a job in uh, upstate New York running a mortuary school. And I thought that would be um, the, um, the next place that we could explore. Sounds great. We'll, we'll talk about it the next time. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Rob.